Radio Rounds, the podcast series from St. Louis Children's Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. According to the National Cancer Institute, the foundations of cancer treatment have typically been surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation therapy. Now, however, immunotherapy has become in what many in the cancer community call the fifth pillar of cancer treatment. One that's emerging onto the scene is an approach called adoptive cell transfer, collecting and using patients' own immune cells to treat their cancer. There are several types of ACT, but the one that seems to be closest to producing a treatment approved by the Food and Drug Administration is called CAR-T cell therapy. My guest today is Dr. Shalini Shinoy. She's a Washington University pediatric oncologist and the director of the Bone Marrow Transplant Program at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Welcome to the show, Dr. Shinoy. So tell us a little bit about the evolution of immunotherapy and how it's breaking onto the cancer scene. So um, a long time ago, we uh, uh, have known over the years that um, immunotherapy, which is the immune system, and the cells that are part of it, such as the lymphocytes, are able to battle cancer. And when someone develops cancer, that immune system is overwhelmed and uh, can't handle it anymore, which is how the cancer grows. Otherwise, these cells are supposed to be there for surveillance to get rid of any uh, risks that we face in terms of infections and in terms of cancer. So um, for, for, for many years, what we've been doing is collecting these cells, trying to um, give a dose of these cells when there is cancer, um, and um, see if those cells can then uh, route the disease. And a lot of times, it's been able to stem the disease in the past when we do a lymphocyte infusion, for example. Um, it's been able to take care of the cancer and deal with it. Um, it's not very efficient, though. You have to give a whole lot of cells. You have to deal with a lot of toxicities trying to do that. And sometimes it may work and sometimes it may not. So um, something needed to be done to improve the, the action of these cells and try to uh, target them directly to where we wanted it to go target the only the tumor cells and not cause a lot of collateral damage. Um, and that really is where immunotherapy has um, uh, evolved. Uh, and that's become much more efficient, CAR-T being one of those um, places. So tell us about CAR-T. How has that changed this landscape? So CAR-T is when we uh, are able to take lymphocytes from a patient um, and then put in genetic material into those T cells so that they can directly recognize tumor-bearing cells and uh, attack them, kill them, and get rid of the disease. So the chimeric antigen receptor, which is what CAR stands for, is the genetic material that's actually put into these cells so that they become very specific to recognize a specific tumor. And the place that it's become most successful, which is what the FDA has recently approved, is an acute lymphoblastic leukemia, where the B cells that cause the acute lymphoblastic leukemia have um, proteins on their surface, such as CD19, um, where these cells can come in, attack that CD19 protein, and in that process, kill the cell. So um, that's 
that's just the beginning of um, CAR T cells, we think, um, because such proteins exist on other tumors. And if we can make these cells um, smart enough, uh, we could tackle more than just the leukemia, the, the ALL that we do at this point. Absolutely fascinating, Dr. Shinoy. So what does it mean when they say CAR T cells are the equivalent of giving patients a living drug? And you're, I mean, you're teaching these cells, correct? The, uh, it's a living cell, first of all. So you're, you're actually putting in living material that has been um, sort of sharpened, so to speak, so it knows what to do once it goes into a patient. Um, also, the cells, once they go in, um, they keep circulating and they stay alive. They stay alive for many years. So they're sort of um, not not only have they routed the disease up front once they're given, but then they stick around and they circulate and they keep watching out for more tumor. And it just, if it um, looks like it's coming back, they can attack them all over again. So it's an on as opposed to a drug. You give it, it does its job. It's gone. The CAR T cells are just this living material that keeps going on and on, which is the which is the nice part about it. So it's been approved for acute lymphoblastic leukemia in children, which is one of the more common type of cancers in children. What else do you see, or what else do you envision it being most beneficial for? So there are efforts in place to um, attack other leukemias and lymphomas for starters. So acute myeloid leukemia is our second commonest leukemia in children. Um, And uh, there are efforts to develop CAR T cells against acute myeloid leukemia. Um, It looks like what needs to happen in that setting is going to be a little different. They are going to need a transplant. They're going to need cells from someone else to come rescue them after CAR T cells have been used. So each scenario is going to be a little different. There is an effort to develop these for uh, lymphomas, both B-cell lymphomas as well as T-cell lymphomas. The B-cell lymphoma therapy is already up and running and in place in adult um, patients because these lymphomas are more common in adults. Um, And so the the expansion of the CAR-Ts for other blood cancers uh, are very robustly going on. Um, there are also efforts to develop CAR-Ts against solid tumors. For that, we'd have to get these cells to one particular place where the tumor is, and those efforts are underway. They are currently experimental, but hopefully in the next few years, that's going to be reality as well. And you mentioned some side effects just briefly, but like all cancer therapies, you know, that can cause worrisome side effects, CAR T cell therapy can cause them as well. So what are some of the risks and benefits of it? So the the cells, as they go identify tumor cells and kill them, um, release the material from inside the tumor cells out into the circulation. So that material um, can, can set up a chemical reaction, um, something that is called... CRS for short. It's becoming a um, word or, or a mnemonic that everybody's recognizing these days. What it stands for is cytokine release syndrome. And the larger the tumor burden, the more this chemical reaction, the more the release of the cytokines. 
And so what patients, what it can do is cause things like blood pressure changes, high-grade fever, a change in their vital signs. Um, they'll end up in the intensive care unit, something that needs to be watched for very carefully. And luckily, we have a drug that can block the effect of these cytokines. And that would have to be used as soon as possible it, should this CRS show up. So how are you using this therapy at Siteman Kids? And can you share any outcome data that you might have? So the, the, the goal is to use this medication uh, because that it needs a lot of preparation, right? You've got to take these cells from a patient, you've got to work with them, you've got to prepare them, and you've got to infuse them back again. We are using it in the setting of patients that don't respond to standard therapy. So if it, acute lymphoblastic leukemia in children, if it's a good risk leukemia, is highly curable with the concoction of medications we have so far. We don't need this living therapy if that is successful. So patients who fail that therapy, patients who um, have their disease come back despite the standard treatment, patients who have undergone transplant and have still recurred, uh, those are the patients that are going to be um, uh, benefited by this therapy because they really have no place to go, and this therapy has given them a second life, so to speak, in very high numbers. So um, that that's the patient population that we would be using it for. So what we hope is that um, it's not just the patients we treat over here, but patients that are treated in nearby hospitals, perhaps by other oncology um, doctors, um, if they fail that frontline therapy, have a fallback um, to come to, um, and we would um, discuss with the oncologist in, 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 and treat them uh, just like we would treat our own patients. So where do you see this going? Give us a little blueprint for future research. How, how soon do you think that many of the other types of CAR T-cell therapy might be approved? And kind of give us a little blueprint. I want to say that um, each is going at a different pace. So the ones, like I mentioned, for lymphoma are already in trial um, for adult patients, and it's a matter of a short period of time before it's going to be available to younger and younger children as well after the kinks or the side effects and everything have been worked out for safety. Um, AML, acute myeloid leukemia, um, and, and the use of CAR T-cells against that um, is actually being perfected in the laboratory right now. So in the next year or two, I would expect the, the first initial trials against acute myeloid leukemia to get started. And um, we from Siteman Kids are part of these, uh, a part of uh, national consortia, the Children's Oncology Group, the Pediatric Blood and Matter Transplant Consortium. These are groups that are working very hard together to actually make this happen. So I think we will see the expansion of this therapy from acute lymphoblastic leukemia to many, many others very soon. Um, at Siteman, we are also working on developing CAR T-cells against T-cell leukemia, which is also going to be a first-time um, a, a first trial um, and we are doing it in conjunction with our adult um, um, oncology transplant um, faculty at Siteman. 
And so we're going to have that available for our patients and for patients who would like to come here to um, uh, be, because they failed other frontline therapy for T-cell leukemia as well. So to wrap it up in summary, doctor, tell other pediatricians what you'd like them to know about CAR T-cell therapy and when they should refer to a specialist. So the um, treatment for acute lymphoblastic leukemia is pretty standardized at this point. If a patient fails that treatment um, and has relapsed, um, and if the relapse is really early or during treatment, there's not a lot of other chemotherapy that is going to help these patients. Those patients should definitely be referred for something like CAR T-cells, which is novel, which is successful, and which can keep the leukemia under control, um, as we know it right now, for very, very long periods of time. Um, and, and so I would say that anybody that has failed um, their frontline treatment should be considered for CAR T-cell therapy. And we have, um, we're in the process of developing multiple protocols on how to give them. For example, we were giving them just one time, um, um, and, and that's sort of the standard way of doing it. But we have other studies that we're contemplating where we're looking to see how maybe a second infusion would do. Um, so, so there's going to be more coming along in the next year or two. Thank you so much, Dr. Shinoy, for being with us today. It's an absolutely fascinating topic. A physician can refer a patient by calling Children's Direct Physician Access Line at 1-800-678-HELP. That's 1-800-678-4357. You're listening to Radio Rounds with St. Louis Children's Hospital. For more information on resources available at St. Louis Children's Hospital, you can go to stlouischildrens.org. That's stlouischildrens.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.